listening to Bricks and Clicks, presented by MarketScale, with your host, Jennifer Kalo Ruskin. Reject the hustle. What does that mean for you? How does it feel for you? Does it make you feel anxious? Does it make you feel angry? Maybe rejecting the hustle makes you feel unsure. Today, I'm so excited to be interviewing Allison Twiggs Dyer, who owns rejectthehustle.com, as well as the twiggsgroup.com, where she runs a whole marketing firm. But today, we're not even here to talk about marketing. We're here to talk about rejecting the hustle, rejecting the toxic hustle culture, and choosing rest, self-care, and joy. If you look at her last Instagram post, all it says is normalize rest normalize rest in a culture where we are crazy about watching our phones and hustling and how fast can we move and how much are we making and watching news feeds and I don't know, watching CNN and Fox News and like we can't wait for the next big horrible thing to happen. We're addicted to hurrying. And so I can't wait to hear from Allison today as we talk about some different ways that we can reject hustle in our life. So first, Allison, would you please say hi to everybody? Let us know what you do, who you are, and where in the world Reject the Hustle came from. How did you birth this idea? Hi, Jennifer. Thank you for having me on. Um, as you mentioned, I'm Allison Twiggs Dyer. And I I did, I guess, give birth to this movement called Reject the Hustle. And it really came to me out of burnout uh, that I was experiencing myself a few years ago. Um working too hard, trying to stay busy all the time, not having a good grasp on what real productivity was, seeing a lot of toxic messaging out in the social media world that was telling me that I needed to hustle harder, that I wasn't doing enough, that if I wasn't working 70 hours a week, I wasn't going to be successful. Um, and I also noticed that these messages typically were in pink sparkles and were directed at women. So as if we already did have enough on our plate being spouses or mothers and, and, uh, coworkers and friends and all the things that we take on naturally, we also have to work harder than anyone else in what these messages were saying. And so I'd had enough. And I started asking friends if they had had enough. And I started realizing that this was just a subject that was sort of bubbling up. And one of the things that I really did not like is when I would ask someone, hey, how are you doing? And their answer would be, oh, I'm just so busy. And I thought, well, we're all busy, but what else are you doing? What what else are you about? And I realized that busy became this uh, this, this glorification, like it was, it was a label that people wanted to put on themselves to make you think that they were successful. And I didn't want that. I, I, I don't like the glorification of busyness. Um, I don't like being told that I have to work a certain many hours a week to be successful because I personally have proven that that's not true. And so I created Reject the Hustle. And I want to be very clear that I hustle in my own way. And what I want to tell your listeners is that I want you to define the hustle for yourself. Jennifer, you might work 50 hours a week and love it. And that's the hustle that works for you. I might work 20 hours a week and love it. And that's the hustle that works for me. I just want us to define that for ourselves. 
I love that. So the first person that pops in my mind when you say, we've been told to hustle, we've been told to work as hard as we can, we've been told to, and I always equate money to that, right? The only reason we're busting our ass is because we all want to make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I think about Gary Vee. <laughs> And I am the biggest Gary Vee opponent. I can't stand him. I can't stand his messaging. I, I'm, I'm with you. I com- and I'm not saying that you hate him too. I'm just saying I do. I hate telling people that they have to hustle. And I am, I've become, and I, I have hustled in my career. I hustled at Walmart. I hustled when I started my company. I spent so many years thinking that um, my worth was completely dependent on how hard I hustled. And it still to this day is so hard for me. I mean, we just came out of Christmas break and New Year's break. And we had weeks where I would have to just force myself to slow down and force myself to stop working and give me give myself even a few days to kind of detox from that fast moving pace. And now I feel like I'm on the other side where I'm even talking to my team. I'm like coaching them. I'm like, how hard are you having to hustle? Like, maybe this could be easy. (laughs) That's my new Mm -hmm. motto for all of us is, what if this could just be easy? What if we could do this smarter? What if we didn't have to work so hard? You know, and and isn't that funny as like a business owner? I'm like, maybe you should work less hours. (laughs) But that's my passion today. And so I want to be the anti-Gary V in my business. How do you approach this with your team? I, I, first, I love that, Jennifer. And yes, Gary Vee is the first person that comes to mind. Um, and I remember reading the books. I remember following on, him on social and him saying things like, I'll see my kids another day. Or, you know, if you're not putting in an 18-hour day, you're never going to make it. And I, and I would just think, I don't, I'm not sure there, there's anything in my life that I want to put in an 18-hour day on except my family. And so, um, so I'm with you on that. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And I think he's even starting to maybe change his ways a little bit <laughs> because I think that this toxic hustle culture is really bubbling up in a lot of areas for a lot of people, which is great. And so the same is true with my team. Um, I, they may send me emails after five o'clock, but I do not respond unless it is absolutely necessary and is rarely necessary. Um, I also protect my mornings. I work out in the mornings. I have a very set morning routine. And so I typically won't respond to them in our project management system or email before 930. Um, And I do that because that's my boundaries. But I also am trying to send them a message that I don't expect you to email or work after five o'clock. And so if I don't answer your email, I want, you know, I want that to sort of be a message that I don't work after five o'clock. I don't expect you to work after five o'clock. Now we may have a project with a client that means we're going to work late into the night. Sure. That definitely happens. But our norm is working the hours where we're the most productive. Like, like you said, where we can work the smartest and be happiest with what we're doing. I, you didn't start a business. I didn't start a business to be miserable. We started businesses so that we could be flexible, set our own hours, make as much or as little money as we want to make. And if we go back into this corporate mode, then we might as well go back to work for corporations, right? Because it's not worth going out on your own to also act like you work for the biggest retailer in the world. I just don't think that's worth it. 
But you do realize that 99% of all the people around us, and Allison, you're also in Northwest Arkansas like me, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, in Fayetteville. Yeah, that's what I thought. You're in my world um, where we have the world's largest retailer just down the street. And 99.9% of all of the humans in our sphere continue to work like they work for retail. They really do. I mean, at least I see that. No, you're right. You're 100%. But I think the messaging here is that you can have a very successful business, still have a life, still honor your body, still work out, still eat great, still have a trainer, whatever. You can still have that and not work even a nine to five. I mean, I don't know about you, Allison, but 20 hours is probably really what I actually work mm-hmm. these days. Mm-hmm. I would, and I'm too. like you. Yay to you ahead. for admitting that because that yes. that is very, I'm very much the same. Now it's a an intense 20 hours, right? And it's, <laughs> and it's um, efficient, but yeah, with you 100%. And so I think, A, it's really important that for people that are following a a lifestyle similar to Allison and I, that you need to tell your story. It is so important to to tell other people how you're living your life in a different way and how you're making it work because so many people out there don't know that it's possible. They feel so confined by this very rigid, you know, nine to five working 40 to 60 hours even. Mm -hmm. That's what I was doing at Walmart. And you don't have to do that. And so I think the second thing that I'm getting from this conversation right here at the beginning is that as business owners, leaders, and managers, we set the expectation and the norm for our team. It comes from the top down. So if you don't feel like it's fair to have your team work a million hours and sacrifice their family and not go to their kids' lunch during the day or whatever that might be, then you have to show them what you expect from them. You have to leave and tell them where you're going right? Yes. (laughs) You have to take a mental health day when you need a mental health day. You have to tell them, hey, I'm going to be 30 minutes late for lunch because I'm going to go work out with my trainer and and let it be okay for them too. Oh, yes. I love that. I I love the idea of a manager leading by example and and not just saying, hey, it's okay to, to do those things, but to also be doing it themselves in their actions. I Yeah, that that's a fantastic manager. And that's, you know, even when I did work, um, I wasn't exactly in corporate, but when I worked f- for the man, I guess, um, what, and I had people that were under me, even then I didn't really answer emails after five o'clock because I don't want those emails to come back to me at eight o'clock. <laughs> so I would wait until the next morning, you know, to answer emails. And and then they sort of started getting it. Oh, okay. She's, she's not going to check emails after 530. Cool. And I would love to enter in real quick a hot tip here. So if you use Google or Gmail, I mean, for your email settings, and for a lot of us like Allison and I, where we have kids and we have a family and we have all these things, like sometimes we are working at night. Yes. Like we we work at night, but but we don't want our clients necessarily know that we work at night (laughs) because then they like to email us back at night. There is this really handy scheduling feature when you send an email where you can schedule the send at a different time. So my recommendation would be if you're going to work at night, send it for eight o'clock the next morning. Don't let your clients know that you work late or they, or or expect that you're going to respond to them anytime past, I'd say five or four or three even, whatever, whatever feels good to you and works with your schedule. I know for lots of the women that work on my team, they're moms and they pick their kids up at school at three and that's the end of their work day. 
You know, they're there to go be a mom after that. And so it's completely okay to set the expectation with your clients or your staff or your whoever that these are my working hours. And then anytime after that, I'll get back to you the next business day. That's a great tip, Jennifer. And I like that because you're right. I'm, I, I might come back to my computer at 730 at night because there's just some things I want to get done. And it's really quiet at that time and me, emails aren't flying in. And I can get things off my plate by scheduling those emails out. Um, I actually save them as drafts and then get up the next day and send them out accordingly. But to your point, yeah, schedule them out. Know that they're going to go out at an appropriate time. Because I also think that if we are emailing our clients at night, then we're disturbing their family time, their downtime, their workout time, um, et cetera. Because we're all slaves to this phone. And as that phone, you know, may or may not ding, I have all my notifications turned off, which is another great reject the hustle tip. But as that phone alerts you that you have an email, we are, you know, it's Pavlovian's dog, right? Like you're just drawn to go see who sent something, whether you answer it or not, you go in there and it's like, okay, that's what someone said to me. Either you respond or you don't. And last year, I turned off all my notifications except for text and phone. It's the greatest thing I've ever done on my phone. <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> and I even manage social media for, for clients. And I still, it's still okay. Like, I don't need Twitter to tell me every time a tweet was liked. It's, it's just not, that's not necessary. No. Oh my God. That, that gives me flashbacks. So I'm really, al I'm always embarrassed to say this story, but I sold skinny wraps for an MLM company. Okay. And I had a really big team. I'm really good at business development and sales. And so I had this huge <laughs> team and I would lay in bed at night until like 11 o'clock responding to team members, trying to get them to like sell crap, like reorder. It was horrible. I'm so embarrassed that I did it. But this one leader that I had who actually had some boundaries. She looked at us one day and she said, there is no skinny wrap emergency. <laughs> there will never be a skinny wrap emergency. Like ha get some boundaries in your life, people, and stop working until 11 o'clock at night. And so I love that because it just makes so much sense in your own life. It's so applicable. There is no Twitter emergency. I mean, maybe there would be occasionally a Twitter emergency, like, you know, the president of the United States losing his Twitter account. Maybe that's <laughs> something that's relevant to his social media manager, but not to you. Right. You probably aren't going to get deactivated off Twitter tomorrow. So none of this stuff even really matters, right? right. We're just showing our potential things, customer that we're alive. <laughs> and I always like to say, I'm not a brain surgeon and the decisions I make in my business are not life or death. And so if I don't get to someone's email first thing, eight o'clock the next morning, you know, it, it's not life or death. It, it'll be fine. And it's always fine. In fact, you know, every day I think about the emails I got that day and though they were good and, and, and work got done, nothing was, yeah, nothing was going to blow up. Right. It was all going to be fine. And so, you know, I think some of us take some of those old habits 
from corporate world or from books we've read or from managers who maybe made us feel a certain way. And we try to bring those bad habits with us into starting our new business or starting a new job. And so, you know, what I'm hoping is reject the hustle will just help remind people that say, you know, I say no to almost everything. Uh, Warren Buffett has this incredible quote. It's one of my favorites that he says, the most successful people say no to almost everything. And I love that. And I say no to almost everything. Um, I think it's important because when you say no to things you don't really want to do, it makes space for a yes for something you really do want to do. Like this podcast, when you reached out to me and, and asked me if I wanted to be a guest in your podcast, that's a yes, that's a heck yes. But if I had said yes to a lot of other silly things, I might not have had space to spend this time with you today. And these are the things I really want to do. So over the last few years, I have really cut out. I mean, and, and I get it. I have friends that go to every gala. I have friends that go to every networking event and that's their jam. That is not my jam. I, you know, I'm an empty nester. You're right. We, we both have kids. My son is going to be 23 this week. So I have a very different lifestyle now that I have an empty nest. I have a ton of free time, which is fantastic. So my lifestyle may look very different than your lifestyle because your kids are still in the house, right, Jennifer? And so, you know, so, so what you say no to is going to be very different to what I say no to. I actually have plenty of free time to go to all the events. I just don't want to. They're not, they're not important to my business. They're not something I enjoy. So if you see me at something, it's, it's something I've really wanted to go to. Or I really care deeply about because I say no to almost everything. I love that. So when I started this podcast and I said that there are three easy ways that we can reject the hustle, we've already covered two. <laughs> one is setting boundaries and one is saying no. And so I I love that we've already jumped to the second one and that we're kind of blazing through this so naturally. Like it it's is. hilarious. We didn't even like mean to do this, but it's fantastic. Um, and I agree with you. I love that that we've now been, you know, given the opportunity to to create more with our life. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we've now been given the opportunity. Maybe it's like recently, because I'm hearing this messaging a lot recently, I think we're becoming aware enough that we're allowed to say no. And I, I'm totally aligned with you. And I'm trying to refine this piece because like to your point, it's it's not easy to say no to every big thing, mm -hmm. like every gala and every networking again, event. To me, that's kind of step one in this process. I'm a few steps into this now to where I'm even refining my saying no to client meetings where I have another team member involved and passing off these weekly meetings I really don't need to be in. <laughs> I just kind of like to show my face. Um, but to realize that I'm secure enough in my business and that my team is strong enough to handle it, that I don't need to show up every time. Instead, to Allison's point, I can show up to this podcast together <laughs> while my amazing leader, Ashley, is having a call with one of our clients that I did not need to be in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just continuing to refine what that no means to then, to your point, give me that space where then I can work the 20 hours and then fill it with the next piece of our three-step way that we're going to be talking about in a minute that's about prioritizing you. Um, but I love this one. I love the saying no part. I do too. And I actually call it exercising your no muscle because we are so bad at it. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, women, we, we tend to be bad at saying no. We tend to be people pleasers. We tend to take on all the tasks 
um, because we want to, we think that'll help us get ahead. We think that'll um, help our child's classroom go more smoothly. And so one of the little tips I like to leave with people is something I like to say. Many times you're put on the spot um, when someone asks you to do something. Maybe you're in the car pickup line and the teacher comes out and she wants to know if you can uh, bake cupcakes for this class tomorrow or do something. And so this little, oh man, I just love this phrase. I've used it a thousand times and it's, can I get back to you? Because what people typically are trying to do is get you to answer yes on the spot. And can I get back to you gives you just enough time to go sit in your car or sit in your office or think, do I have the time to bake these cupcakes or do I have the time to help with this work project when I'm on a very big work project of my own? And then you get to go check your gut, check your, you know, your gut instinct and make the very best decision for yourself. Maybe you think about it. Yes, I would love to make cupcakes. I'm actually off the next two days. So that would be great. And it's, and it's probably my turn to do something for the class. But many times we are answering very quickly. Yes, sure. Okay. Before we even ask ourselves, is this something we want to do? Is this something we have the bandwidth for? So can I get back to you is a great little tip that'll buy you some time to go figure out for the minute, 10 minutes, an hour. Is this something you really want to do? Mm, I love that <laughs> because it's not, it's not uh, in your face. No, it's not. A, exactly. It's not an in your face. No. And you might go back and text or email and, and avoid confrontation altogether, but it's buying you time. What I really want us to do is buy ourselves enough time to make the correct answer. Sometimes the correct answer is yes, and sometimes the correct answer is no. But I think we get put on the spot a lot by our girlfriends, by our spouses, maybe by, you know, coworkers. And we're not giving ourselves ample time to make the best decision. And so can I get back to you helps you do that. And then, like I said before, exercising your no muscle, start small, start saying no to little things and then build up to some really big things. And then here's the flip side of that, that I want to say to everyone we have to be okay if our girlfriend or our coworker tells us no. And we need to be okay and say, I got it. It's, it's just not something you can do right now. I'm not going to take that personally. You're not hurting my feelings. Jennifer, I get it. This just isn't a week for you to go out and have happy hour drinks. Got it. We'll do it some other time. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Okay. So I want to talk about our third point here. <laughs> And I love this post that you have on Instagram that says self-care is more than just bath bombs. Mm. Can you talk to us about taking care of yourself? Yes. And I love a bath bomb. So I have nothing <laughs> against the bath bomb industry because I, I do buy them and I love them. But just like what tends to happen with things that women like, um, bath bombs and bubble baths seem to now just be this, you know, all encompassing answer to self care. And and they are nice. But prioritizing you, which is can be which can be so hard for a mom, right? We're usually the last one on the list after we've taken care of everyone in our life. Prioritizing you is napping, resting, reading a book you've been wanting to read meditating, uh, taking a drive by yourself. 
It's, you know, walking away from your desk for 10 minutes and just doing something that you really want to do. It's prioritizing what you need in this day. And, you know, you mentioned my post about normalizing rest. You know, there's there's all those jokes out there about kindergarten and how how great it would be if work was like kindergarten because we, we had nap time. Well, why did we ever lose that? You know, why did we ever lose this idea that we still need to rest during the day? You know, we still need to close our eyes. We still need to meditate or take some time for ourselves. And so I want us to normalize resting because I'm even still guilty of a Sunday afternoon nap when I know I could have folded laundry. I know I could be doing something else. I have to even remind myself, Allison, you deserve this nap. It's okay. Like it, it'll all wait. And every time I take the nap, every time I take time to rest, I am so much better on the other side. And so I want us to think about prioritizing ourselves with the self-care that really matters. I want us to put the doom scrolling down. I want us to turn off CNN. I want us to read books that empower us and uplift us and don't make us feel bad about ourselves. You know, right now, January, you're seeing a lot of diet culture messaging. I want us to ignore that. And I want us to find what makes us feel good about ourselves. I love that. And that is not quite the answer I thought you were going to give me. I thought you were going to give us like a whole list of amazing self-care tips. This is really simple. And not only is it simple, it's all free. There is, is no reason why we can't do any of the things that you just told us to do. We just have to prioritize it. We have to schedule it in. I mean, it's it's sad to say, but until you get really good at doing it, you probably need to schedule rest on your calendar. You know, you need to schedule 10 minutes that you're going to meditate. Um, I, I meditate every morning and some of my best ideas come after my meditation because I've quieted my mind. And, and again, I want to be upfront. I, I'm an empty nester. You have two kids at home, right? Mm-hmm. Two boys. And so it's probably very more, it's probably more difficult for you maybe to find the 10 minutes to rest, but, but it's somewhere and maybe it's r- right in the middle of your work day, but it makes you a better worker. It, it makes you more creative. It makes you better on the next phone call you're going to have. Um, I, you know, I think we've all got the time. We're just not prioritizing it and we're not recognizing what it is because we would rather go spend 10 minutes scrolling Instagram. And while that can be, you know, an, an escape, but if your Instagram feed makes you feel like crap, then it's not really an escape, <laughs> right? <laughs> which mine to used to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And if you want inspiration, go follow Reject the Hustle on Instagram because it's so empowering. I could just sit and read all of them and then I just feel all warm inside. Um, I did want to jump in, though, and say, although I do have two boys at home, one is nine and one is 12, I prioritize my self-care above anything. And so I actually physically leave the house for appointments most of the time. Um, And they're fine. They're not going to die. They can do school by themselves. They're very smart. I even hired a tutor a few months ago because I realized I can't do sixth grade math anymore. It is really complicated. (laughs) Yeah. So instead, what I do, and and I agree with you, Allison, it has to be scheduled out, is, and I just did an exercise on this and will be sending it. If you've listened to this podcast as soon as it comes out and you're on my email distro list, you'll be getting this in 
your email in the next, I think, week or so. But I explain how I calendar out an entire year to ensure that in December, I can look back and say, I took care of my mental health. I took care of my physical health. I took care of my temple, my body. And so what I do is, and I have it scheduled the entire year. I work out with a trainer four days a week. The other two days I run, I get facials biweekly, I get massages every single week. And the funniest thing happened this morning, Allison, I have thousands of people on my email distro list. And typically, people are really excited about what I send out. They open it, they read it, sometimes they respond. And I just sent one out a couple days ago, what's today? I did it on Monday. And it was about self-care. And it was about us really honoring and being okay with our bodies just the way they are. And I told the story about Allison, you'll know Big Cedar Lodge. It's it's about two hours from where we live. But I went to Missouri to Big Cedar Lodge to this resort to go to the spa because I freaking needed it. And it was my anniversary weekend. And even though I don't even I don't know why I'm making excuses. I go to a freaking spa every week. So I'm not even <laughs> gonna make an excuse. It's okay. Yes, it is. And everyone is COVID okay. We're wearing our masks till we get on the table and you know, whatever, right? And I get this email from this lady about an hour ago before this podcast we started recording. And she says, remove me from your email list. I am so offended that you would go to a spa during COVID. Shame on you. And I immediately thought of all the service providers that I pay every week Mm -hmm. to take care of me and that that takes care of them. And I talk to them and I know all their names and I know their families and I know their stories because I care about them. And I think I think about one lady named Deshaun who does my eyelash extensions for me every other week. And again, this sounds real like first world problems here. I know. Right. But she was (laughs) doing my eyelash extensions and she mentioned that her daughter really needed a bed. And so for Christmas, they were going to buy her a bed. And I just kept thinking about all the ways that I try to empower them and I give them extra large tips around Christmas and I always show up to my appointments and that's how they feed their families. Yes. And I have one lady saying shame on you, but you know what? I had 10 other people respond and say, thank you for telling your story. Thank you for telling us what you're doing. Thank you for giving us permission to show up in any way that we feel we need to, to take care of us. And again, like I said at the beginning of this podcast, the world needs you to be authentic and genuine and to feel into your intuition. And if you feel like it's okay to go get, you know, your get a massage, go do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't just try to cast shame around other people because you don't feel comfortable or maybe you do and you're afraid they're going to look at you weird. That's just completely ridiculous. Right. And so anyway, Allison, I love this point about prioritizing you and whatever self-care looks like. Well, I'm really glad that you are focusing on your own self-care. I think it it, it shows in in the success of your your business. You know, I, I really do. I, I think you're authentic and that you're genuine with, with your followers, which I think is great. And, and much like we said, normalize rest, normalize self-care. You know, it's not just a social media meme. Um, you know, it's, it's real. We have to do it or we're not going to make it. You know, burnout is real. And I'm, I'm really worried about seeing a lot of the headlines about millennial women are burning out faster than Gen X women burned out. And, uh, that, that breaks my heart. Like I, I don't want any of us to burn out and, and it's going to be a hard year for women. You know, we just saw the, the jobs report and, and all the jobs that were lost in this last report were women were, were jobs uh, with women. And so 
we're going to have to prioritize ourselves and we're going to have to check on our friends and make sure they're prioritizing themselves and that they're practicing self-care and that, you know, they're setting boundaries and, and saying no and, and um, not falling victim to this toxic hustle culture. Because my biggest fear is that um, when COVID is different over whatever you want to say is that this fire hose is going to turn on and we're all going to feel obligated to do all the things. And we're going to have forgotten the great pause and the, the time we spent at home with our families and the puzzles and the, you know, the things we didn't go to and, and we didn't miss. Right. And so I'm a little nervous that when this fire hose turns on, we, especially women are going to just get literally hosed because, um, <laughs> it's going to be easy for us to think we've got to go do all the things because we missed out. But I think if we'll really sit, sit with ourselves and think we didn't miss out on things that we, we, there, there are things we missed out on. Sure. But there are things we missed out on that we're not missing and we don't need to bring those things back into our life just because COVID is, is over or better. Yeah. And I think what I'm hearing what I'm feeling, this is probably, you know, intuition coming through here is that we get to change it. If, if all of the people that lost jobs due to COVID were women, we get to be the change agents. Mm -hmm. We get to do this differently. We get to create our own businesses and be entrepreneurs. If we don't want to go back to a job that makes us sit in a cubicle, we get to do life in a way that allows us to show up for our kids and pick them up in car line or sit at home next to them as they do virtual school, which is my world mm -hmm. with my kids. Um, we get to write the way that we want to do our own lives and not have men dictate to us what that looks like anymore. And that's freaking empowering. Preach, sister. I love it. Yes. yes. I, I know. I hope what happens is that in a few years, we see that a lot more women started their own business. A lot more women followed their dreams and their passions. And this sort of, you know, gave them the nudge to go out and do it. Because there's nothing I love more than supporting women-owned businesses and seeing women make a lot of money and thrive and be happy and be healthy. Yes. <laughs> and what a great place to end our podcast, I feel like. Allison, thank you so much for being on, for being willing to give us half an hour of your life. I'm going to put Reject the Hustle and then Allison's marketing website as well in the notes so that you guys can go check that out. Please go follow her on Instagram if you're on Instagram. Like you, you need this motivation in your life. And I also see that she has some places for you to sign up so that she can do email marketing with you and then also send this really amazing, empowering stuff to your inbox. Allison, am I missing anything or any other ways that you want them to get a hold of you and connect? Nope. I think you, you, uh, you have it there. And I really appreciate you having me on and I enjoyed having this conversation with you today. And I always enjoy seeing your post as well and seeing what you're up to and, and how you're just out there just killing it. So congrats to you, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. This was amazing. Thank you. You too. Bye.